Do you want me to do the intro? That would be kind of funny, actually. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to Rocks Fall, Everyone Dies, hosted by Martella. I don't know why none of them call it our fed. I just call it our fed. They're undead, and they're trying to get fed. It feels like it makes sense. They won't accept it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love you. Oh, my God. Every time we talk, you make me laugh so hard. Oh, my God. Well, I guess guess you could say Martello's here with Bambi. Hi. Yes, hello, Benjamin. (laughs) Buckley. Bartholomew. Oh, so I know that you um you talked last time with Scott, I think you did yours with? Yeah. Okay. This is now Juan. This is no longer Martello. <laughs> and this is Jin. I wasn't Bambi in the first place. <laughs> I didn't put on her accent. But you are Bambi in my heart. But yeah, last week I got to talk with Scott. We talked about how did I end up on here when I never met anyone here before. I think he told me that story. That's funny. (laughs) Yeah. I honestly thought that you knew either Scott or I knew that you were also DeSombra's friend. So here's the funny thing. After I spoke with Scott about that introduction and he was under the impression that I knew DeSombra. DeSombra was vouching for me, apparently. But I knew someone that knew DeSombra. (laughs) And my total interaction with DeSombra was, hey, I'm a friend of this person. They told me to talk to you. And they're like, all right, cool. Let me talk to the DM, see if they're cool with it. And then pass my number on to Scott. That's hilarious. And so I spoke to the mutual friend just to confirm. And it was a complete case of they play D&D. He plays D&D. I can make them get together. And then started apparently practically hounding DeSombra going, no, trust me, you'll love him. Like he plays D&D. He's just just take him, just take him. Meanwhile, on my end... Please, shoving you towards us. Meanwhile, the full conversation I had with them was, Mm -hmm. hey, some co-workers of mine are going to be doing a and d podcast. That's cool. You in? (laughs) If they wanted you, would you do it? I'm like, yeah, I mean, if they want people, yeah, I'd be happy to do it, sure. That's all that happened on my end. Then she started hounding DeSombra, and then DeSombra recommended me to Scott, and then here we are. I mean... That's how you're supposed to make friends, right? Yeah, third-party hounding. Isn't that what Tinder is? Oh my god. Quan, you were set up on a friendship blind date with five other people. (laughs) It was a literal play date. It was a literal play date! It was a role-play date! It was a blind role-play date! A blind role-play date. That's great! This is like Dream Daddy IRL. Because I got to see the image of Dream Daddy Scott. I'm now just picturing Dream Daddy Scott in Martello armor. Except instead of abs, <laughs> the belly armor. Oh no! <laughs> I don't even know why. That was something that came up out of nowhere when I talked to DeSombra. It wasn't something that we had planned. We were doing our wine and spirits. We were talking about gaming and... One of us mentioned Dream Daddy somehow, and I was like, you know, that would be really funny. I'd love to have you on stream and we could stream that together. The whole thing was a disaster and I loved it. She's a fantastic person to play with. 
and I had my friend Bard was a, like, I, my setup is in my bedroom. So I'm playing, I have the game on, on my front screen, her on my side screen with the chat. So I have to like be turning to look at chat and then right beyond my vision is my friend Bard dead asleep on my bed with my cat on his chest, which she doesn't do to me. Oh. She only does it to him. <laughs> he's asleep in my bed with my cat on his chest because he's going to drive us to Tampa after I'm done with the stream. We had to be on the road by 11, which I finished with the stream at 10.30. We didn't get on the road till about 11.45. We arrived in Tampa at like 3 o'clock in the morning. And the person that we were visiting is a morning person. Ooh. It was a whole mess, a whole disaster. And that weekend was so fun. The disaster weekends tend to be the fun ones. Yeah. I mean, I can tell you I've never heard a story that ended with... And everything went according to plan, and we had a blast. That's true. What else would you call a con weekend? Nothing goes to plan on a con weekend. This is true. Also, I now, more than anything, want to try playing a dating sim as Martello. Oh my god, that would be great. I feel like no dating sim can emulate his natural charisma. That just lets him get away with everything. So it would just be funny watching him fail at a dating sim. That would be great. Also, something like I recently played Monster Seeking Monster on Jackbox 4. Oh. Flirting with somebody in four text messages is very hard from someone who doesn't flirt and has no dating life whatsoever. So I apparently rely heavily on winky emojis and suggestions that don't quite make sense. <laughs> And I don't know if Bambi would do any better than I do. Martello would do way better than I would. Yeah, but Martello, like, oozes charisma and sexual tension. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's got sexual tension with everybody except for Greg. And if he wanted to, it was possible. Challenge accepted. <laughs> Dale. I'll guest star again. Just show up. Greg. Mi amor. I haven't been able to stop thinking of you. That head, <laughs> that shell, those eyes. Those purses. They haunt my dreams with desire. My love <laughs> for you. <laughs> People cranks in the background like, I don't understand. <laughs> <gasps> oh, I'm gonna cry my makeup off. Oh my god. So, funny story. That does involve me having to put on makeup. Okay. And not on stage. So, a few years ago, a couple friends of mine who were working on a big secret decided that the two of them would dress up as a big secret style bride and groom for Halloween, which pretty much just meant going out in lingerie okay. while loosely looking like they could be getting married. Okay. When they told me this, our schedules weren't lining up. And so I was just like, oh, too bad. I would have totally shown up as the mother of the groom who disapproves of the wedding. Oh, no. They changed their schedules. And I'm like, I can't not do it now. Oh, God. So I just bought like a cheap dress off Amazon, a cheap wig. And I get to I get to my friend's place and they're like, all right, now sit down. We're going to do makeup. And I'm like, oh, OK. Yes. I specifically shaved. I was, it was a debate I was having that day. I actually texted. I'm like, should I go with full beard? Because I feel like that would be funnier. Or should I shave and fully lean into it? They're like, shave. Turns out they wanted to just do makeup. And they just did, weren't used to trying to do makeup around, around a beard. beard. Yeah. But yeah, since 
I wear glasses and don't usually put on makeup. Turns out things like mascara and eyeliner were not going well for me. <laughs> they immediately just, like, gave up. Oh, no. So we ended up going out, and there's me in a full dress with my two friends that are pretending to be getting married, and a third friend who's supposed to be the best man that the wife is cheating the, on the husband with. Yeah, it became an entire storyline. Oh my god. The voice I chose to play the mother-in-law, it was pretty much Greg's. Really? You can do better, Charlie. Why are you doing this to yourself? No, no. In an album of pictures they have, at one point they started scrolling through them, and it was like, oh, they took pictures of the bride and groom together. Uh -huh. They realized that in most of them, I found my way in the background and was just flipping off the bride. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> I was also the person that had the most drink spot for them. They weren't buying the attractive people in lingerie drinks. No, they were buying me drinks all night. That's amazing. It was great because then, like, my friends weren't even buying drinks because they were just stealing mine because I was getting so many. I love that. It was just such an incredible night. And then at one point, I took off the wig because I was just sweating. Mm -hmm. Jin, there was a dude. <laughs> he was a few feet away from me. The moment I took off the wig, I was just like, ah, oh, much better. My head can breathe. The look. He was like, you're a dude? Yeah, he gave me, like, the, what? You are a very pretty woman. I'm a very pretty person. You are one. <laughs> What game are you playing? Dishonored 2. This is my second time playing it, but I didn't finish it the first time. I got to the last mission and then I had to stop because I was living at my parents' house and I was like, I'm not going to stream here. So the last time I played it was in 2019. Oh. Yeah. So I've avoided spoilers. I'm going in completely blind. I've done the missions before and I know how to do them. But the last thing that I did was the Clockwork Mansion and I still got lost. <laughs> Even though I've played it before. So this mission is the Royal Conservatory. Random suggestion? Uh-huh. Dishonored 2 dot 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 years later. That honestly works for the series. Because I'm doing it mission by mission. So the individual titles I'm trying to make based off of the mission. Oh, okay. I was just referencing, since you mentioned the last thing you played was oh, no, yeah, 2019. Yeah. No, but it works like if I ever want to make it like into a compilation, like it honestly works for the overall game stream title. Because I don't have the original VODs anymore. I wish I did. Oh. Go on my Twitch, you can see some of the clips of me playing for the first time. But the VODs delete themselves after about 90 days. So I think I have them somewhere on my computer, but I don't have them out there. Wednesday's title was called The French Fry's Final Mystery because Jindosh looks like a French fry to me. I need to actually get around to finally playing Dishonored 2. Never gotten to play it. It's so good. You're given the option to play as Corvo or as Emily. Emily's route is the canon route. It's what actually happens like in the Dishonored timeline. But I've only played Corvo's route so far. And Corvo's route is the powers that you're used to, while Emily's route is something completely new. Well, one second. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sorry about that. It's refreshing to know that no matter how old you are, everybody talks to their parents the same way. Yeah.
Like <laughs> literally before I came up to go on this recording, I'm like, all right, I'm going to do pretty much a work call. I'm not going to be eating dinner with you. I need to do other stuff. I'll eat when I finish that. Okay. He's like, yeah, sure. No problem. Blah, blah, blah. And then just now screaming at me because I have noise canceling headphones on. So I couldn't hear him calling me. Start screaming. And I'm like, what are you doing? I'm 30. Like, <laughs> oh my God. You're visiting from Florida and you're screaming at me to come down for dinner when I told you I wasn't eating with you. Like, you're at my house and you're screaming at me to come to dinner. Oh my God. No, that's how I felt going back home for quarantine and for the summer last year. Actually, that's why I had to stop streaming Dishonored because. By the way, Scott, I hope you enjoy listening to all of this. Editor's note. Yes, I enjoyed it so much I left it in. I was on stream. I still have less than, you know, a certain benchmark of followers, but I had only like six people watching. And I told my mother, I'm recording. Not only recording, this isn't like when I'm playing the game with Scott and friends. I'm broadcasting live to the internet. Don't walk in to my bedroom in your pajamas if you don't want people on the internet to see you in your pajamas. And my mother walks in halfway through a mission and I didn't have like anything that made it easy to switch screens. Like now I have scenes where I can switch to a technical difficulty screen if something happens. So I'm playing and my mother walks in and starts talking about something. And I'm trying very hard not to make it look like I'm turning and talking to my mom. <laughs> panicking and looking over at her i mute my mic so it just looks like i'm like smiling and awkwardly staring at the screen i can't really talk right now what's up mom and she's like can you get up and help me with something and i'm like you have a whole son that is a foot taller than i am you probably need me to reach something that i can't reach or do something that i can't do no trust me i fully get that Because I had that type of thing happen when my parents came up and visited for Christmas. Difference is, it wasn't while I was streaming, it's while I was trying to teach classes. I don't even want to get into it because I'm just going to start getting annoyed. (laughs) Oh my god, I can't even imagine your students going, is that your dad? (laughs) I'm trying to, like, teach my class. My mom is getting into an argument and then she just suddenly starts shouting. Because when they're here, I set up in the attic to not get them in background audio or in case they're watching tv right she suddenly starts shouting into the attic hey i'm like and i'm teaching a spanish class i'm like excuse me as i mute myself i'm like are you really shouting at me if i took a bath today while i'm teaching freshmen oh my god you're asking me mom i'm 30 and i'm at work and you're telling me in a video call with 25 high school students i hope that they were beginner enough that they didn't understand i just moved on and we did not talk about it and it became something we just don't talk about okay that's 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 good (laughs) yeah if that happened in a different period this would have been a completely different story yeah see like if if it was the older kids then you could be like oh you know parents right you know but the freshmen you're like grappling for their respect oh my god fun times fun times yeah My very first con experience, there was a Santa that was dropping coal everywhere he went. So you never really saw Santa. You saw his bag and you found a trail of coal, which I still have. I still have a piece of charcoal that I found on the floor of the convention. Somebody had also made an R2-D2 
which reacted to people like R2-D2 would. Oh, or was it like one of the remote controlled ones? Yeah, but the person was like nowhere near. You had no idea where the person controlling him was or who was triggering the voice stuff. It just looked like R2-D2 rolling around on his own. And then somebody dressed as Darth Vader walked around and he screamed and bolted and I never saw him again. I ran into one of those R2-D2s at a convention too. Oh, really? I was with my friend who was dressed up as Slave Leia. Oh, no. You have such an interesting life. <laughs> like, I strive to, to live a life as interesting as yours. The thing is, my life is a lot of, like, periods of boring and then random, really weird stories. Like, I don't think I ever told you my weirdest I went out story I've ever had. I don't think you have. All right. A few years ago, I was out in New York. I was at this bar called The Library. Mm -hmm. It's called The Library because there's bookshelves on the walls that actually have books in them that while you're sitting there drinking, you just pull a book off the shelf and start reading it and then put it back when you want to leave. I love that. So I was with some friends and they were getting kind of pushy about getting me to go and like hit on people and flirt with people. And I wasn't really feeling it at that moment. So like I just left them and went to the bar to get a drink. Okay. While I was at the bar getting said drink, I heard an Australian accent. Okay. And I'm like, that's not an accent I hear very often in the wild. Yeah. I am now interested. So I went up to the woman who had the accent. And because I was quite drunk, I immediately started flirting with her. Of course. After flirting with her for a few minutes and things were looking cool, she introduced me to her husband. Oh. So we started all talking. We hit it off. Okay. And then they were like, hey, you know, you want to come back and chill with us at our apartment? Now, don't worry, Scott, this story does not go that direction. So, <laughs> massive orgy. No, um, Immediate, just everybody in the bar took off their clothes in that Immediately. Moment. No, but uh, when they asked me that, I'm drunk. And so my response was, I'm here with friends. Can they come? Okay. So they're like, yeah. I'm like, all right, cool. So I went and got my friends. I'm like, hey, guys, I met this girl. She introduced me to her husband. She wants me to go back to their place. They said you can come. Let's go. At which point my friends, being the good, sane, rational people they are, with obvious levels of concern, went, yeah, that sounds cool. Let's go. <laughs> I'm thinking, oh, they could be serial killers. Maybe let's not. Oh, no, we did not question it at all. It just all immediately followed these two people. We then ran into their roommate, another dude that lived in the apartment, and we all went to the apartment, and instead of furniture, they had instruments. And, like, we just sat in a circle on the floor playing impromptu instruments while just singing and making up random stuff and BSing while they just gave us free beer for, like, the next few hours. That's awesome! It, it, it was such a weird night, and it was so fun, and it's great because I feel like every step in that story is a massive left turn. Yeah, it really does! <laughs> oh, hey! This is your friendly neighborhood surly turtle, Greg. And your social media manager, DeSombro. Just cutting in for a quick shameless self-promotion to tell you to like, share, and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. To take part in polls or ask questions that you'd like us to answer in future Wine and Spirits episodes, or just to enjoy some spicy memes. To find all our handles in one convenient place, you can visit us on our website at rfedpod.com.
If you like our show, sharing the show with your friends or leaving a five-star review on your podcatcher of choice will really help us grow and reach more people. And if you have a project or a business you'd like to promote on the show, reach out to us at rfedpod at gmail.com. Two years ago, I lost my wallet at a convention because I was hanging out with people I'd never met before. My wallet was missing for four hours. Ooh. I found it at the Lost and Found and nothing had been taken. Oh, that's awful. And they had only turned it in 30 minutes before I got there. Oh, wow. So my wallet passed. Like, I assume that my wallet accidentally passed from person to person until it got to the Lost and Found and they took nothing. That's really lucky. Right? But... Conventions are like that. They are. Where else can you have a bunch of unattended minors doing whatever the hell they want to do and they're completely safe in an environment? Oh, yeah. It's such a weird experience, but it's also great because like at a lot of conventions, especially anime or comic or those types of conventions, it's a lot of people that because they have the same types. I can't have a good way to say this. It's mostly a lot of awkward dorks that yep. are too awkward to do anything bad. The worst part is usually the smell, which you just bring cans of Febreze and start spraying people and you're fine. Oh, uh, horrible confession. I started going to cons, I was around 15. Okay. Yeah, it was only like one con a year until I was around 17. I was 17 when I realized, cause I was so anxious that to take a shower at someone else's place, all you had to do was ask. Mm. So for like three years, a whole group of kids would go like three days without showering because none of us wanted to like ask the person we were staying with, hey, could we all take a shower? Yeah. And that's why we would carry bottles of Febreze spray spray. Now it's one of those things that we're all renting a hotel room and we're older. So anybody that we're hanging out with who's younger than us is like, go take a shower. Please tell me you brought a change of underwear. If not, I bought a whole new pack of underwear. For people who didn't bring any, it's fine. You don't have a toothbrush? I got an extra one. You didn't bring toothpaste? You can use mine. (sighs) Thank God for learning things over time. Yeah. The con after I realized that, though, was, like, euphoric. Taking a shower every night and brushing my teeth and making sure my hair was washed. All the gunk that I put in it for underneath the wigs was gone. And, you know, I'm going to bed, like... I've never been so happy and thankful for a good plot. And looking back on it, it feels disgusting. But, you know, we were kids and we didn't have anybody that was older than us to tell us, you know, it's okay to ask for simple things. If it's two in the morning and you haven't eaten in 48 hours, you can say, hey, can we stop at a McDonald's rather than faint? Like, that's okay. (laughs) I actually haven't been to too many cons. I didn't go to my first con until I was like 19. Really? Yeah, it was Gen Con over in Indianapolis. In all honesty, I think regular cons, I've only been three. Twice in Indianapolis, once here in New Jersey. I've been wanting to go to more, but things just haven't worked out. Then the other types of cons that I've been to, Scott would cut out of the audio. (laughs) I think you've told me about one or two of those. Yeah, and those are always fun, just to, like, walk around. 
they're just always funny, plain and simple. And then going to the after party sometimes. You know, I'll save the story for another time so that Scott doesn't have to listen to it and then cut it all out. Listening to these things, Scott knows a lot more about all of us than he has <laughs> ever wanted to learn. <laughs> I have a story about Scott. Oh? Well, something that I did that Scott reacted to when I was still in high school. Scott was my third period teacher in my junior year of high school. Yeah, it was my junior year, I'm pretty sure, because I was his TA in senior year. So one of my cousins is a dancer, and she did dance competitions in Orlando every summer. So periodically over the course of the year, we would go to Orlando, usually in the summer, and then sometimes we would do it in the fall or in the spring, depending on what the events were. This time we went up, we were supposed to go up for a dance competition. The dance competition ended up canceled, but there was a football game. So my dad and my uncle were like, yeah, we'll all go up anyway and we'll watch the FSU game. There was an 80s cover band at the venue, which they were called the Velcro Pygmies. <laughs> I love them. I don't think I've listened to them since, but I had such a wonderful night. At the end of the night, their closing song was Pour Some Sugar On Me, okay. which he walked around with a sugar shaker full of glitter. Oh, I'm, I'm into it. And was pouring it on all the attractive women in the audience. Well, I was female presenting that night and I was, you know, I was in full makeup and I thought I looked quite nice. I got glitter on my chest. I got glitter in my hair. Apparently I found out that I had glitter on my butt later on. Big confidence boost. You go back to the hotel, take a shower. You don't want glitter on you. Glitter's like fairy. It, it never goes it, away. It just it spreads everywhere. So this all happens on a Friday. I take a shower on Friday night. I take a shower on Saturday night. I take a shower on Sunday night. I go to school on Monday. So if there's anything that you know about Scott, Scott put it in his syllabus that he could fail you for a project if you had glitter on it. <laughs> which he did which pissed a lot of people off because they were like, oh, he can't actually do that. And then they put glitter on their project and he failed them and they took it to the principal. It was like, was it in his syllabus? Then yeah, he has every right to fail you. <laughs> You're an idiot for testing it. Editor's note. The project in question was also poorly researched, full of factual inaccuracies, and didn't meet the basic requirements I laid out when I assigned it. But sure, the glitter was why they failed. Monday rolls around and apparently somebody that I knew who had my Snapchat showed him my story where I'm being doused in glitter. I don't know how they managed to save the video for Monday, but they had the video and showed it to our biology teacher. As one is wont to do? Yeah, right? I mean, it's not like I was half-dressed or anything. I was in a t-shirt and jeans and I was with my mother. But, you know, in retrospect, it's a little bit weird. I walk into his classroom. He says, have a good weekend? I said, yeah, I actually had a really good weekend. He goes, good, wash your hair. <laughs> what? I look over and I see my friend in the background. He's got a grin on his face and he takes his phone and just waggles it. He goes, come here. And he starts checking my head like he's checking for lice. <laughs> Lo and behold, there are like three pieces of glitter that he finds on my scalp because it never goes away. And he points at the big like sink that I'm used to. I usually wash glassware in. And he goes, wash your hair. Ah. Yeah. I loved him as a teacher. He was fantastic. He made jokes that actually made sense to me. His lectures actually made sense to me. 
it was his first year teaching. But it's a memory that I will always keep with me because it was hilarious. Needless to say, I did punch the out of afterward. <laughs> I didn't have that type of experience with my science teachers. I think the closest would have been there was one time a science teacher got really annoyed at me and another kid, and he made us come up to the front of the class and smell smelling salts. Have you ever smelled smelling salt? Like like the type that they use to like wake people up that are knocked out, not like just no, I never have, but I did get into a fight with my mother that they existed, though. If you have an option of choosing to smell them or not smell them, I, I would say don't smell it. It felt like a white hot finger crawling up my nose oh, and no. like swirling in my brain as me and the other kid were just like, ah, ah, ah. Oh. All right, sit down now. And I'm like, oh, oh that was very unpleasant. Does that count as child abuse? Uh, uh. He was like one of those science teachers that his jokes must have gotten a small chuckle like 30 years prior. Or maybe they just entertain him himself. Yeah. That's why he says them. And if that's the case, if he says them because they entertain himself, I respect it. But do you have any idea how many times over the course of that one year I heard him make the joke? So it would be like absolute zero. Like your grade point average. <laughs> That's funny the first time, not after like the third or fourth. That week. Oh no. At times I was like, are you just looking for excuses to bring up absolute zero? I know this is a chem class, but Jesus. Then I'd be like, man, this is crazy. My chem teacher made me smell smelling salts. And then like my brain hurt. And then I had to sit down. Meanwhile, my friend would be like, oh, my chem teacher shot us with marshmallows. And then we got to eat them. I'm like. God damn it! When you get the wrong teacher. <laughs> That's great, though. There, there's, high school is full of memories. Yeah, it really is. The variety of types of different teachers you get and, like, the stuff oh, yeah. people come up with. It's especially funny when you grew up at the high school that you ended up going to. My mom's been teaching for... I was seven years old when she uh, started working at my high school. Ooh. And a lot of the teachers that were there were teachers that I grew up knowing as family friends. So for my senior year, I was like, I know that you want me to do editing work on the book that we're all producing. I'll, I'll do the editing, but I don't really want to be a, a, a contributing editor. I don't really want to, I'm not really strong in poetry. And she turned to me and said, if you do not write a poem for this book, I still have that video. You dancing at my son's fifth birthday party, I'm going to put in the senior video for senior brunch. That's just evil. Fine, I'll write your poem. Uh, yeah, luckily I didn't get that. I mostly just got, because I have older sisters, they're 10 years older than me. Oh no. 10 years? Yeah, so my family is from Spain and they were born in Spain. Okay. And then my family immigrated here and I was the I want to be in America celebration baby. Oh no. So my sisters went to the high school that I went to before I did. They graduated before I went there. And they were the kind of students that were like very studious, very hardworking, okay. full on honors, extracurricular activities, all that extra stuff. And I was the kind that I relied more on just my natural intelligence and made the mistake of not putting in as much effort as I could have. Uh -huh. But I would do well enough to pass. 
and to be fine. It was the classes that I would always do notably worse in were classes that I would go in and they'd be like, oh, you're there, brother. And I'd be like, oh, no, this is not going to go well. Because then I would just immediately want to do less for them. Yeah, exactly. The, the one class I think I did the worst I ever did in high school it was an English class. The teacher realized she had my sisters and then sat me in a chair next to a cork board where she had pictures of her favorite students throughout the years. And that's where she had pictures of my sisters. And I'm like, you've now set me up. I will not do Jack for you for the year. I'm going to fail your class. And that's what happened. <laughs> I probably would have too. I had the, I'm not going to say good fortune to be an elder sibling. We both have gone through the treatment of, oh, so you're her kids. Oh, well, you've got to be doing good in my class because if not, I'll just send you down to your mother's classroom. Mm. Or the one teacher that I had who assumed that I was going to be a bratty snob because I was a teacher's kid. And so they purposely ignored me the entire year. <sighs> and I was like, you know, it was an English teacher. If you're a bookworm, you're always kind of drawn towards the English teacher type. But she would treat me nice one-on-one, -on -one, but in front of people, like she would pay more attention to everybody else, even if I was the one talking to her. And I loved her to pieces, but I didn't realize that until like the second half of the year where I realized I could get away with doing things because she was purposely not paying attention to me. That's also where I discovered that I don't have to read a book to discuss it in class. Yep. If you're good at BSing, you can figure out what the book's about and build points off of what everybody else has said before you, and you will be praised for it. I did the same exact thing. And then just add to that, if you've watched enough TV and watched enough movies and read enough stories, whether in comic, in novel, or whatever form... You're going to recognize the formulas of story structures. Most stories are just variations of those same structures. Yeah, exactly. Or like if you're trying to talk about something that's like the way that these two characters interact without reading the book. Okay, well, I'm going to sit here and listen to this person, this person, and this person talk about how those characters interact. And then I can raise my hand and go, well, to piggyback off of what she said... I'd like to postulate that this actually wasn't quite a healthy relationship. I mean, if you point out this and this, and as this person said on this page, he does X, Y, Z. And, you know, your teacher's in the background like, why can't you all read and annotate like Jin does? And I'm going, I haven't cracked this book at all. <laughs> oh, my God. But I am the nerd that I annotate for pleasure, so... I was never a big annotator. I, apparently, I just... I didn't really have too many English teachers that I... Uh... I think I just had bad English teachers. <laughs> I never really considered that I didn't get along with almost any of my English teachers. And now I'm realizing that's probably why I didn't really start reading heavily until like a year into high school. Yeah. And it wasn't even because of my teachers. It was a friend of mine recommended me a good book that then got me. Oh, it's, all, it's read it. always a good book that really gets you going. Oh, yeah. What started me reading was um, Brissingir. That was the book. Really? Actually, it was the first book, Aragon. As a fourth grader, I read Aragon in less than a week. A friend of mine recommended me that book when I was end of freshman year, beginning of sophomore year of high school. Mm -hmm. And then I read that one and Eldest, the sequel. And then Brissinger had come out several years later. I have it. It's on my shelf as a book to read. But because of when it came out and I, this, I think I'm going to end up sitting down and rereading that entire series. I'm now really upset I never finished it. 
I really want to. Although one of the worst film adaptations I've ever seen. I couldn't even get all the way through it. I saw it and then I was literally bedridden for three days. Oh God. I'm not saying that movie is the reason I got sick. I'm just saying I went to A and B happened. Just saying. I was really pissed off of the uh, Percy Jackson. The first one, agreed. Second one, I feel like redeemed it, but it was too late. I didn't even see the second one. I will say the second one was very solid. Okay. It introduced all the characters that they didn't bother introducing in the first one, like Dionysus and the daughter of Ares, and actually established their character. And they did it in a way where like, they changed a part of it because I feel like they knew they weren't going to get a third movie. So they needed to resolve the plot, but left it open enough like, maybe it'll happen. Oh, man. Oh, but just one last... Like, no, never mind. I realize we're way past that conversation. No point in going back to it now with the amount of time we have left to record. I'm so sorry. No, no. I realized it was also just going to be another bad English teacher story that I had, which I will say in their defense, they didn't like me because I never did homework. That makes sense. So like, I don't blame them for not liking me in that. It was just the way they went about it didn't help their case. Gotcha. At first, I would feel bad about not doing the homework. Like, oh, I should do the homework. But then I would get home and be like, I don't feel like doing it. And I'm passing the class anyway. And I'm nailing every test, every quiz, every extra credit, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not about doing the homework. Yeah. She came up to me one point and goes, Juan, you know, homework counts for 30% of my grade, right? Out of 30 homeworks this marking period, do you know how many you did? Nine? You did six. Oh. Oh. You realize you need almost a hundred average to pass this class now, right? That was the point that I got annoyed. You're coming up to me to have this conversation. Do you not realize what my grades are? So this is one of the few times in my life I ever got smug with the teacher. Really? What'd you say? I think part of the reason why I got annoyed wasn't just that she phrased it that way, but it was also because then she threw out another kid in the class. Like, that kid over there does terribly on all his quizzes and tests. But because he does his homework, he's passing and he's doing well. And you're now going to be the opposite case. I waited until she finished all that. I was like, okay, Mizzy, since the marking period's ending in two days, can you just real fast tell me what what would my average be right now? She's like, well, you know, mathematically, you need almost 100 average to pass this class. Since you only did, I understand with 100 average, I would get a 76. What is my average? She goes, the moment she opened her grade book and looked at my grades, you could just see the look on her face. She came back. I'm like, what's my average? She's like, a 76. 83. I'm like, <gasps> yeah, my lowest grade in your test book is 125. And you want to come talk to me about this? Wow. If I did do my homework, what were you going to put on my report card? Damn. She didn't like me from that point on. I don't blame her at all. But there was one time where she was definitely in the wrong. I had a bad cut on my hand. Okay. Right. It was like on my left hand and like I accidentally cut myself on a piece of glass that morning. I just washed it, stuck a bandaid on it, went to school. I was in her class. I was leaning against that hand, fingers against my head while I was working on something, not paying attention. She comes up to me, looks at me, looks like over to my left a little bit, looks at the work I'm doing, looks at me and just repeats that circular motion. And I'm like, what's going on? And then she goes, you forgot to write the date. I'm like, okay, I write down the date. The kid next to me goes, yo, that was so f***ed up. I'm like, what do you mean? Look at your hand. The cut had opened up and there was blood streaming down my hand, down my arm to my elbow. And I was just like focused on the work and then being caught off guard 
by her coming to talk to me, I didn't notice that I was bleeding. Oh, okay. So I then lifted my bloody hand in the air and waited. She ignored me for a few minutes. Oh my God. And then goes, what is it, Juan? I look at my hand. I look at her. I look at my hand. I look at her. I don't know. I might be bleeding. Because, like, I get why she didn't like me, and I don't blame her at that point. But I'm like, an injured child. like, I am bleeding. Like, I am notably bleeding. You are ignoring me, and then you call on me by going, what is it? It's, you know, I'm, my skin tone isn't normally crimson. I don't know. I think I might have part of me on the outside that should be on the inside. Oh. I know that you wanted us to open up more in class, but I don't think this is what you meant. I have a story like that. When I was in the second grade, we didn't play kickball on the field. Like, there was something going on. Oh, no, they were doing pesticides. And so we couldn't go on the grass. So we played kickball on the basketball court. Well, the basketball court wasn't sanded down. There were, like, lumps on all of the concrete in the school. It's a very old school. Okay. I say very as if anything is very old in my area. I think it was rebuilt right after Andrew. So, 90, 95? And so we're playing kickball, and I'm a little bit of a tryhard, or at least I used to be when it came to things like kickball. And I'm playing outfield because my ADHD, I can't play infield. But this ball comes straight for me, and I'm like, okay, okay, I can get this one. I'll catch it. They'll be out. I'll be able to pass it. I had this whole thing going in my head. I'm running forward. I'm not looking at the ground. I'm looking at the ball. I'm looking at the ball. Why am I falling forward? I'm not supposed to be falling forward. I slid on my nose, like the bridge of my nose. I slid about three feet with my legs in the air, like a cartoon character before I fell on the ground. I popped my head up and I was like, I missed. It doesn't even occur to me that I had just slid on my nose. Everybody comes up to me and they're like, oh my God, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I just fell. Why? I fall all the time. A month and a half ago, I fell so hard that I scraped up both my knees and they sent me home. Like, I'm fine. You guys know I'm, I'm disaster prone. My gym teacher's like freaking out and everybody around me is flipping out. And then finally I see my gym teacher like look at somebody like strongly and then everybody shuts up. Somebody escorted me to the bathroom, but I wasn't allowed to look in the mirror. And I was fine. You know, I went to the bathroom and I washed, like, I, I, you know, brushed myself off and I didn't look in the mirror because I wasn't supposed to. And I came back out and I finished playing the game. That was, what, maybe 11 o'clock in the morning? At about 5, it was 5 o'clock when I finally told my after-school care teacher I needed to go to the bathroom. She had no idea why I had a scrape on my nose and she had not asked. So she sent me to the bathroom. And I looked in the mirror and I saw I had a humongous scrape on the top of my nose and flipped my oh. And I was like, when did this happen? And she goes, I don't know, you came in with it. And I was like, must have been when I fell. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. And then I went back to doing whatever I was doing. I went and finished my homework. <laughs> you know, not a big deal. I'm accident prone. I, I scrape myself up all the time. Especially back then, I was constantly scraping myself up. I was convinced that that school was haunted. Six o'clock, my mom gets there. Hi, mom. What's wrong with your face? <laughs> and she went ballistic because I had never been sent to the nurse's office. And actually, I had been sent to the nurse's office. They had given me something for my cheeks so that I wouldn't bruise. I wouldn't have a black eye. But the nurse never called, never told me that I had a scrape. I didn't get a bandage. 
none of my teachers thought to call my mom. The after-school care teachers didn't think to call my mom. So after that, every single time I got injured, I was sent directly to the principal's office so that the principal could deal with me herself and call my mother. Fun. I had no idea that the principal didn't exactly like my mom either because my mom had gotten really protective. Before this or after this? After this. Oh, okay. But the principal adored me. <laughs> and of course, it's like, you know, five, six years later when I'm finding out, I was like, you didn't like her? She was so nice to me. She was like, no, she was a mother. Oh, my God. Oh, man. Oh, hello. I don't know if you could see the eyes behind me. I can. Hey, Annabelle. I got her a new perch, and it's now, like, in range of the camera. Oh, dope. I can use it as an armrest. It's very tall. I just realized what time it is. Yeah, I just looked too. Okay, that's funny because I actually that story had a reminding of a few stories, but that we'll save that for future conversations. Yeah. Well, would you like me to wrap up this episode as Mortello? Sure, why not? Thank you for coming and joining us to hear us talk here on Arfed, which is what I'll call it at all times. That's right, Roberto Falls Education is what this is. Roberto Falls Education. You're missing a D, honey. Well, isn't education usually E-D? You're right. Never mind. You got that. Diego. (laughs) (laughs) Roberto Falls Educating Diego. Thank you for joining us for Roberto Falls Educating Diego. Please join us next week for another excellent episode. This has been Martello. And I'm Bambi. And it's time for us to say goodbye. Bye-bye Goodbye. Thank you for listening to Rock's Fall, Everyone Dies. It would really help us if you subscribe, share, and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Our theme music is by Taylor Calise, additional sound effects courtesy of zapsplat.com, and our thumbnail art is by John Bliss. Find more of his work on Twitter at John Blissart. Our episodes are produced by me and co-edited by our resident mushroom, Jin, who streams on twitch.tv slash phantom effect. Our social media manager is our favorite surly turtle, Samba. You can find all of our social media handles and full show notes on our website, rfedpod.com.